Hey, everybody. Thanks again for tuning in to localjobnetwork.com radio. I'm your host, Tim Muma, and this is Moving Up the Ladder, the place to get expert strategies and insight into advancing your career, no matter what level you might be at. Now, if you're not aware, effective networking is critical as a professional, whether you're looking for a job or seeking out partners and clients, it plays a huge role in your success. On the show to give us her perspective on networking, including some tips that you can keep in mind, we have Patty Danucci on the phone. Patty is an author, speaker, and chief connector, and you can find out all about her at intentionalnetworker.com. Patty, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, Tim. I wanted to start things off just to get your perspective on how you define networking. It seems like one of those terms that everybody has their own little idea of what it means, but what does networking mean to you? Networking means to me, and a lot of people do hate that word, and I even hesitate to use the word myself because people wrinkle their noses sometimes. Sure. But networking means building your network, building your tribe, building your list of friends, experts that are in your realm, people that you can rely on when you need something and people that you can share things with. Some people are using the term business socialization, Hmm. which I kind of like that phrase, although it's a little geeky, it's a (laughs) mouthful to say. It's your social life, but with a professional slant. That is an intriguing way to look at it. And you're right. uh, You hear that term network and people do uh, cringe a little bit at the sound of that. But we want to get people past that a little bit and we want to give them some advice, some tips on how to do it more effectively. And we're going to do a little something different instead of a regular kind of question and answer. It's going to be like a word association. I want to give you some terms or some phrases that people might use when it comes to networking and just get your take on it and see where you kind of have your mindset as opposed to maybe what others think. So uh, let's start off with one that I know uh, I did mention to you ahead of time and that you were a little excited to talk about, elevator pitch. Oh, elevator pitch. That's a good one. I will tell you, I have a love-hate relationship with elevator pitch. All right. I think it's necessary to be able to succinctly talk about who you are, what you do, who your customers are, what your objective is in your career, that sort of thing. But what really turns me off are the people that have a canned, memorized pitch that just makes your eyes glaze over. And it's, you know, you can just tell the way they deliver it. They've memorized it. They might have even been coached. They might have paid somebody Mm. to coach them. But you can hear that they suddenly move into a different realm where this is performance as opposed to something authentic. So what I encourage people to do is definitely think out and maybe even write out some sentences and phrases about who you are, what you do, explain it in a way that your grandmother or a five-year-old might be able to understand, and tell just enough that it launches the conversation and builds some intrigue and interest. So when people ask me what, what I do, I say I teach people how to network better rather than networking more. Sure. And usually I get the raised eyebrow and that prompt some questions. Well, how do you do that? And then I say, I'm a speaker, I'm an author, and I tell them a little bit more about what I do. No more canned elevator pitches, please. (laughs) I just hate those. I think you make a fair point as far as being able to recognize when that person is simply, essentially that they're reading from their memory as opposed to what I gather from you, you're saying be yourself a little bit with this. Absolutely. Be yourself and also recognize that depending on who you're speaking to, different words or phrases might have meaning for them. Hmm. So experiment a little bit. See what's, you know, getting people to prompt to ask more questions and, oh, well, tell me more about that. That sounds interesting. Or when people go, oh, okay, and then they don't ask you anything else. Play with it. 
definitely think about it and play with it, but don't just have a one-size-fits-all hand memorized. Good. I like that. Speaking of, you mentioned a little bit there as far as uh, the amount of networking versus it being effective. A lot of times people are at a networking event of some sort or a social event. So the question comes up, quality versus quantity. Yes. Always be thinking quality versus quantity. I don't know about where your listeners are located, but here in Austin, Texas, where I am, we have a constant schedule of meetups, tweetups, professional groups. There's some grassroots groups that have, you know, just sprung up people who different networking groups. And you could be doing this literally every day of the week. And you can wear yourself out. You can spend a lot of money and you can waste a lot of your own energy and mm-hmm. a ton of business cards talking to lots and lots of people that might not be a fit for you. So what I have to say there is if you're, say, new to a community or you're just starting to network, yes, get out there as much as you can. Start meeting people. and then fine-tune, like really, who are the people you want to meet? What kind of job are you looking for? What kind of customers or clients are you looking for? And where do they gather? And then I always tell my clients to evaluate every networking event or gathering, social gathering that they go to, evaluate it on how it affects your energy. Is this something where you walk away going, wow, that was really great. I met some great people. They seem to be real givers. I love the speaker. I learned something. It was a great event. I will go back versus one where people aren't that friendly. It was a happy hour. People drank too much. They forgot why they were there. You know, start being a little discerning about where you're going and how much time you're spending. And I would say for people, it's two or three times a week should be enough, I hmm. think, for most people. Sure. Extroverts tend to go too much. Introverts tend to hesitate and not want to go and they need to probably be nudged out the door to go to more <laughs> networking events so it depends but quality think about who you really want to meet right now i'd assume that also applies when you're within that event it's not necessarily about talking to everybody but finding the right people to talk with how do you yeah. how would you suggest that going yeah i i would say you know the, the whole thing about working the room and going around and having a quick little handshake and, and a business card exchange with everybody i don't think that works i think that's just a lot of very shallow interactions i feel like it's a pretty successful event for me and i'm half introvert i'm a combination of introvert extrovert if i go to an event and there are 20 or 30 people in the room and I've had four or five really good conversations where I feel like I'm starting to get to know the people that I'm talking to. That's a success mm-hmm. for me. And I also am discerning about, okay, so I know in advance, who are the types of people that I like to meet? What kinds of conversations do I like to have? If I walk in and I meet somebody and the conversation is just not really giving me the energy or the vibe that I want, or I don't feel like it's somebody you know who will be part of my target market, I still have a nice conversation, excuse myself and say something like, you know, I I came here to meet quite a few people. I've already taken up some of your time. I think I'm going to excuse myself and and go mingle some. Excusing yourself gracefully is very accepted. And, you know, if you do it well, people aren't offended. Another area that people often ask about for themselves when they're out and about in these social situations, but they're looking at it from a professional point of view, is the question about asking questions. Mm-hmm. So what would you say about those people that are looking to ask questions at these events? Looking to ask questions, like are you saying that maybe they're curious about an industry, they're doing some research, is that what you're saying? Or are you talking about conversation starting? 
Sure. Just in general, uh, as far as when they're asking questions, maybe they are trying to learn about an industry or an individual or a business. Uh, okay. Just how does that conversation sound like or how do you get into that conversation? Well, I, I would definitely create a list of potential questions that you'd like to ask and you know, keep them on, on some cards in your back pocket or in your purse. Be familiar with, think about in advance what you want to ask. Some good conversation starting questions might be something like, well, what brought you here? How do you know the host? Are you a member of this organization? Is this your first time here? What brought you here? Have you heard anything about the speaker? Come up with some things that will start the conversation flowing and be curious without being snoopy and nosy. I have some expert friends that are in my same area and they say, you know, don't ask people, how are you? Because you might get something that you don't want to hear, but you might say, if you want to go into a positive conversation, you may want to just go up to someone and say, hey, what's the good word? Or, hey, what's, what's going on in your world? What's bringing you joy and happiness and excitement these days? And see what people have to say. Hmm. And then if you're doing some very specific research, just say what it is you're looking for. And you might be pleasantly surprised at how eagerly people would be happy to help you. Sure. I think that's the thing. Sometimes we don't ask for what we want. Sometimes, Tim, we don't even know what we want. I, I see that a lot. People I talk to at networking events and, you know, I ask them, what brought you here? or What are you looking for? How can I help you? And they have no clue. And that's why some of the first chapters of my book deal with figuring out what it is you want so that you're clear on it when you are engaged in conversation. Well, you definitely touched on uh, something I was going to ask as well. Uh, any other tips as far as preparation? That was the next place I was going to go. Preparation. I usually ask my clients to get out the pen and paper and write down what your vision, intentions, and goals are for an event. And vision being, how do you want to be? How do you want to feel? What would you like to experience while you're there? Intentions might be some mindset or decisions such as, I intend to have fun. I intend to find other people who are interested in the same things I'm in interested in, or I intend to find some people who can lead me towards some potential job opportunities or new contacts. And then you might set a goal of, I'm going to meet five new people today. Mm -hmm. I even have a worksheet on my website. If you go to intentional networker dot com backslash worksheet that leads you to a PDF that helps people write these things out. It's a really good tool. Some people get so good at it that really all they have to do is when they're sitting in the car or on the train or wherever they are, they can just think in their mind through vision, intention, and goals and just do a quick little walkthrough for about a minute. And they're mentally prepared to see opportunity when it presents itself. It's actually engaging a part of your brain called the reticular activating system, which helps you filter out information. It's a really cool phenomenon, actually. Some people think this is just the law of attraction. It's all woo-woo, but it's actually brain science. All right. I did not know that. I'll have to, uh, yeah. have to jot that down. We have, a, we have a segment on our live radio. It's uh, called Good to Know. So that might be a good little tidbit for people yeah. to understand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The other thing, too, I, I would say in preparation is you know, do something to get yourself in a good mood, whether it's listening to great music in your car or just saying to yourself, I feel great. I feel happy. Certainly wear something that makes you look awesome. Take your vitamins, have a cup of coffee beforehand, get in a high energy, not, you know, you don't have to go over the top and be all hyper, but right. get in a good place so that when you walk in the door, 
you have a smile on your face and you actually have something going on about you that is attractive to others. People pick up on this stuff. They are they gravitate toward people who seem to be in a good mood. Along those lines, possibly, um, and obviously being positive, but how about expressing gratitude? Where's the line there as far as too much or too little? Well, I mean, sometimes when you express too much gratitude, you just sound like a suck up, which, you know, sounds a little, it's just a little much. But I will tell you that optimism and gratitude are the two most attractive traits, according to some research that I was looking at. I don't have the study in front of me right now, but optimism and gratitude, thanking the hostess, thanking people for their time, Mm -hmm. thanking people for information, writing a thank you note. If someone bothered to do something good for you, let's say that you needed the phone number and name of somebody they could call to get a certain bit of information, and let's say you did that and it was successful, certainly offer some gratitude to the person that was kind enough to do that for you. And that leads us right into another aspect, follow-up. Most people don't follow up. Really? At all. I try very hard. I, I attend a lot of networking events, so it may take a couple of days, sometimes a week, but I will gather any business cards that I collected. And I, my goal is not to collect a ton of business cards. That's another thing mm-hmm. I'm just going to say. You know, if someone hands me a business card and we didn't have a good conversation, and when I look at the card and I can't remember who it is or what we talked about, it goes in the trash. It just, it just does. But anyway, to follow up, I usually send a quick little email that just says, hey, Mary, great meeting you at the Women Communicators event. Loved the conversation we had about kids or whatever it is we talked about, about you know where we're going next in our careers. I hope things go well for you. If there's anything I can ever do for you, please reach out and, and let me know. You know. Once again, it was great to meet you. And I just ended. I don't try to sell them on anything. Mm-hmm. I just express that it was great to connect with them. And I will tell you, nobody does this. Probably, I'm going to just take a wild guess, probably 2%. And that's wow. like probably a very generous statistic. I hardly ever hear back from people I've had conversations with. And it's such an easy way to just stand out from all the others. And again, it's not a sales pitch. It's just acknowledging the connection and making sure that you express some gratitude for the connection. That is surprising to hear so few people follow up with you in that regard. Like you said, even a simple thank you and the impact that can have. We do some webinars here at the Local Job Network, and uh, that's a big emphasis for us as well as follow up mm-hmm. after those networking uh, conversations, even if it's somebody you met you know, in the mall or something, just to follow Absolutely. up with them. Absolutely, yeah. We are quickly running out of time here, but I wanted to give you the floor, Patty, just to offer up any last pieces of advice, something we haven't touched on, or an aspect you think that is extremely important that people should remember as we wrap up the conversation. Oh, wow. I would say authenticity is really important. Be yourself, but be your best self when you, you know, go to any sort of socializing event. Remember that networking happens everywhere, everywhere and anywhere. And it's an attitude. It's not an event. And so be ready. I often ask my um, audiences or people in my workshops, just sit and think for a minute. Are you ready right now to meet a person that might change your life or your career. For example, if you're out and about and you're at the grocery store, you could potentially meet someone who is a great lead for a job. You might meet the man or woman that could become your potential mate one day. And so think about how you present yourself to the world. Even if you're in your yoga pants and you're off running to the grocery store, still somehow pull yourself 
together, have a business card in your wallet or your purse or a business card case, and just be ready because those really great connections can happen anywhere. I encourage people to have a networking plan to really think about, go back to that worksheet that I was talking about earlier and really think about what is it that you're trying to accomplish and who might be able to help or who do you know that knows people that might be able to help. I also encourage people to build some diversity into their networks. Don't just hang around with more people like you in your industry that do the same job, that like the same things. Switch it up. If you're a woman, make sure you have some men in your network. If you're in the communications field, make sure you have some friends um, and colleagues that are in different fields from you. Figure out who you might possibly need in your career to get things done, to learn things that you don't know. And remember that, you know, to have a very diverse support system usually means you have a very strong support system. So those are some big ones. Of course, encourage people to get my book, The Intentional Networker. For less than $20, you are getting a field guide that will help you navigate through a lot of different networking situations. I wrote the book to be read either front to back as a full curriculum, or you can also just pop it open anywhere at your leisure. And you'll usually read something new and interesting you might not have heard before. Or I'll suggest I have these little sections called Try This, and they're actual things that you can try while you're out networking to help improve your skills and to polish up, which is very important. It just takes so little to be good at this mm-hmm. because so many people aren't that good at it. <laughs> so many people they fumble around, they're not confident, they're not at ease, they're not being authentic. And just with a little polishing, you can stand out from all the rest of the people. So um, and you never know where that might lead. Well, and that's why we have guests like you on the show. We're hoping to help those out there uh, get that leg up on the competition. And eventually, hopefully everyone can be that good, positive, intentional networker. We are going to have to close out this edition, however, of Moving Up the Ladder. Again, we've been speaking today with Patty DiNucci. She's the author, speaker, and chief connector. And you can find her at intentionalnetworker.com. Patty, thanks again for coming on and sharing your experience perspective with us. We do appreciate it. Happy to do it, Tim. It was fun. And if you're looking to get in touch with us here at LJN Radio, you can shoot us an email, ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. You can also connect with us on Twitter. Find us at the LJN. For everyone here at LJN Radio, I'm your host, Tim Muma. We'll talk to you later. <laughs>